Welcome back to a very new installment of Super Metal Brothers right here in the old podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And we have returned from a massive hiatus, Danny. What have we been doing? Uh, we tried out in the Olympics, but then we realized that headbanging is not an Olympic sport, and mosh is not an Olympic sport, <laughs> and good looks are an Olympic sport, so we came back here. Yeah, here we are, guys, from our stint from Andrew Hogue. Uh, he was lucky enough to have us for four weeks. Oh, he was lucky enough. <laughs> yeah, but then he regretted his decision immediately, so he terminated our contracts, and here we are back. But you know, never fret. We're here to talk about reviews. We're here to talk about the news. But this return of Super Metal Brothers comes a little bit different, Danny. Yes, because we're doing it now as a more professional, uh, polished outfit. Which um, but they can't see us, so that just leads us back to our first problem. I can see a polished forehead, man. It's blinding me, man. What's going on? But what's more important is we're going to do some interviews, guys, and we've actually got an interview coming up very, very soon. So stick around, check us out on the uh, Facebook yeah. for that. Super Metal Bros on Facebook. Yeah, they're the biggest, most high-profile metal couple since uh, Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, spoiler alert! Okay, guys, so we're going to head it off. First up, let's talk news, Danny. News, yeah. So, um, oh, I like metal. Everything always happens because it's very diverse worldwide. And mm. first one is about oh, good old Behemoth and Negral or Nurgle. That's Nurgle. right. Looks like Nurgle from Behemoth has got himself a folk music album. I guess it's a folk rock album. You could call it, Danny. Uh, it's been a slippery slope ever since, like you know, Demigod album from Behemoth. It's kind of been going. <laughs> I don't know what they just call it way. a Behemoth album then. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, but apparently he wants people to get excited by it. Well, he what he wants is the reaction. He says he wants extremes. He wants the very, very good, and he wants the very, very bad. He said the worst thing that can happen is that the people listen to music and say, "Uh, it's okay." Yeah, I'm. Um, he has no right to tell me how I should react. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that becomes his music. Like if he writes good stuff, he'll react. Well, too. I don't, I don't, yeah. Now, what's more uh, hilarious though? I think what he wants. I think he rephrased it wrong. What he should have said yeah. is, what he did say is, the more radical and more extreme they are, the more delight I'll be. He, sh- what he should have said is, I'll be delighted the more radical that people think about my album. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on from one incredibly brutal band to another, we have the return of the black metal legends Emperor uh, Ishan. Obviously, doing his own thing. He's had guys like Jeff Loomis, guys like. Uh, Devin Townsend as well appear on his solo project but for a stage in 2017 he's doing the anthems to the working of Dust Danny yeah I mean it's always good to see one of the original bands uh, of the whole Black and Era come up and uh, perform in front of a crowd so be decent oh absolutely like Emperor are the quintessential black metal band you know they have just resonated so much with their incredibly strong songwriting obviously very heavy into classical music and his orchestration that Ishan uh, works very very hard at so you do get a listen so guys if you are in Europe land yeah, I just hope they don't come to LA, the uh, city of churches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've played like actual cities of churches, like Rome, a <laughs> city of church. But um, you know, we're talking about legends, aren't we, Danny? We got another legend that we're talking that actually frequently comes on the uh, up on discussion on the Super Metal Brothers. Yeah, this one is uh, the name Ronnie James Dio. I'm, I'm pretty sure young young ones have heard about it, but this guy was a legend. Unfortunately, he passed on. I think it was about five years ago in April mm. uh, due to stomach cancer. Terrible loss for the metal community, but through the um, geez, art of new technologies, they were able to recreate him as a hologram on stage only like the past weekend. Now, Super Metal Brother Dan just doesn't want to actually have that image in his memory, so he's avoided the internet for the last couple of weeks. But I have seen it, and I must admit, Danny, I don't think you're missing out on too much. 
Yeah. It, it looks like a PS3 version of, you know, a swollen Ronnie James Dio, maybe maybe from like a video game or something. He, I mean, it was cool. They reenacted it and the band played mm. with him live, which would have been a very nice treat. Yeah. But did it take something away from those bands who did play live? Was it just a bit of a gimmick that didn't work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess this new technology is always the first version of technology is going to make it look terrible. So he probably looked pixelated. He probably looks like a Minecraft character. Are, are we coming to the point now in society where uh, dead bands now can actually receive more of a um, turnout than uh, un ones? You know, it's well, a bit of a tr- uh, parody, isn't it? Well, this is it. I mean, it, it doesn't... It, it's a weird thing because, you know, you want them to, like, rest in peace. You don't want to use them as a market-selling tool because... Unless you see him live, like, what's the point? Just watch him on DVD. You know? Yeah. I know, like, they can play his vocals as a track, but, you know, don't worry about That's it. That's what they should do. We have, like, Hoyt. So you go into there yeah. and you pay for it and you actually see Dio when he was at his prime, you know, and just getting that, uh, getting that actual appearance and that feeling. I guess that would be uh, stronger just on a bigger screen. Yeah, so you never know. Elvis might be the next one. Who knows? Well, Super Metal Brothers actually working on problems here. We're actually solving them. They're not making any more. So let's talk about a band that will be a really big disappointment when they break up. Dillinger Escape Plan have announced their breakup after finishing a new album. So, Danny, what do you think about the band? Uh, yeah, I remember seeing it once at Soundwave, and I just it was just like noise to me. I'm, I'm one of those guys who just doesn't get Dillinger, man. Self-proclaimed band that actually wrote music that people wouldn't like. Yeah, That's man. what their yeah. thing and was and they yeah. found be- people that liked them. Yeah, me. The irony yeah. is over 9,000. Yeah, and that's why I think they're saying like, oh, after we release the album, they're going to break up. Nah, that's just them doing the shit again. They're like, <laughs> yeah, man, we're going to break up. Ah, oh, now we'll just give you guys hopes up. They're a band that breaks up in order to uh, not to like them because they're not writing any more albums, which would be the best album ever. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like, oh, we're not writing albums in that style. We're going to change style. Who knows? Um, but you know what? If you didn't see them, uh, they are probably the most energetic oh, yeah. and uh, incredibly... Almost like watching a car accident. You, it's so bad, but you can't turn away. Or so good. I don't know. It depends who's in the car, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, like I'll give them that. They've got energy and they've got uh, ability because to, to play pretty much five different instruments at once and five different songs at once and still get to finish at the same time, that's, uh, that's something. Yeah. It is something else. So we're going to move on to more lighter matters, I guess, with Allegion. Now, a lot of people have seen the spelling system called Allegon, but no, it's actually Allegion with very interesting spelling. Now, yeah. they've actually released a song on the interwebs on YouTube where everyone releases film clips these days, and it's called Proponent of Sentence 3. Danny, what is unique about this song? Uh, probably the uh, mix and diversity of people who actually inside this song. So, yeah, people from Sawwork, um, a guy from uh, Bloodshot Dawn, I think Ben Ellis. That's right. So obviously, anyone who knows more like death metal knows of the name Bjorn Strid Speed Stridman. Yeah, Stridman. Uh, Bjorn. Speed. Speed. Yeah, Bjorn's cool. Yeah, Speed. Everyone knows him best at Speed from Soilwork. Now, unfortunately, because he lost, his, he did lose a drummer, but he got to appear on a very cool track from uh, Legion. And more importantly, Ben Ellis, who was from Bloodshot Dawn in Britain, has now joined Sky Symmetry, did a guest solo for him. Yeah, cool. And apparently yeah, there's some quite funny things in this film clip. Ooh. Yeah, it's probably the best way of doing a budget film clip where Bjorn's, I guess, face makes an appearance. What he's done, the vocalist cleverly has got a black sock and on top of it is a puppet of just Bjorn's face and he does the singing. So when he, Bjorn's opening his mouth on the recording, he's doing it and it's incredibly funny. Well, have an easy playing white sock. He don't need any hair on top of it. Maybe just drawing like a little beard or something. So, yeah, he just did it so, and he's just yeah. like holding the notes and he shakes his hand for the falsetto notes and uh, he's taking, he's drinking water while Bjorn's being. It's incredibly hilarious. He even goes in for a fist bump, but 
Yeah, that didn't work out very well for him. Break, break the puppet's nose. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. I killed Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. We got some uh, more news for you guys, actually. This is very, very cool. The, I guess the uh, hatred that's going on now between Corey da- Taylor, who didn't know he was being hated on, and by Glenn Benson. Now, it's always Gl- awkward, isn't it? When like, you're the one, oh, what are you talking about? There's no problem here. Glenn Benson, funny enough, is from Deerside. Now, he was he believes that he was promised by Corey Taylor from Slipknot that he would have his band and they were going to feature on a... Whenever. Like, you know, Slipknot was going to hook them up. They're going to do this awesome thing together. It's going to be romantic. There'll be candles. There'll be death metal. You know, all that jazz. But apparently, uh, Glenn Benson believes that Corey Taylor has reneged on his offer. Um, so now he's obviously called him incredibly brutal words that you'd put on a Deer Side record, <laughs> but not necessarily in the conversation. Um, Corey Taylor has no idea about it, though, Danny. Yeah, again, it makes it really awkward. It's like one of those things. Maybe it's like another Hillary uh, Clinton thing where, like, the lost email. Nah, I never got that email. Nah, I never sent that email. Yeah, I guess WikiLeaks need to go on this, I think, because yeah. we need to solve this love triad problem, you know. I think Super Metal Brother Dan, you can play him some music, you know, get him a bottle of wine, Sweet. just get them to sort out their differences. Nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this this could be like the biggest uh, bands breaking up from like Bill Ward, uh, Ozzy Osbourne and uh, Tony Omi, like the Black Sabbath thing. Yeah, like no no, no problems with drama, you know, you put it on the TV. MTV would love this stuff. I mean, they don't play music anymore, so That's why right. not play something, you know, of like drama for the music community? Yeah. Um, moving on to some more problems. Uh, Chad Gray's having a problem with fans at the moment. He's getting a little um, tired of hearing from a lot of people uh, that um, they keep asking for Mudvayne reunions. And if they're not asking for Mudvayne reunions, they're talking about Pantera reunions, obviously, with Vinnie Paul, who's also in his band called Hell Yeah at the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, Danny, what do you think? Do you think the fans are right or do you think they need to let, let off a little bit? Well, I mean, you can't compare Hell Yeah to Mudvayne. I think that's the problem that Chad's doing. It's like, well, why are people playing Mudvayne? I've got this thing going. I'm like, yeah, but it's not the same. So that's the very reason why people want it back. And I just think says everybody's making a comeback. And people think, well, here's Mudvayne's your chance, man. Everybody's coming back. Yeah, unfortunately, Hell Yeah hasn't just resonated with a larger community as much as uh, Mudvayne did, and Pantera especially. Um, mm. is, but that is just never going to happen. You know, it's just not... Those things are never going to happen. Maybe Mudvayne getting together, but, um, you know, Chad has gotten really upset about it. But to be quite honest with the fans, you know, they are passionate and they just want to hear something uh, from Mudvayne because I think, and inevitably, they want to hear something very strong that resonates really well with them. The songwriting with those two bands, especially Mudvayne through the... Uh, uh, their middle uh, section of their band was very strong. So, yeah, no, that's exactly right. So, oh, well, hopefully, uh, something can be resolved there and all the fans come out uh, on top. All right, so to finish it off, we're going to talk Kerry King. Denny, now, what have you heard from the Slayer camp these days? Yeah, apparently, Kerry King is um, a bit concerned about Tom Ayer's, I guess, lack of interest or lack of, I guess, a vision for um, the future of Slayer. That's right. It looks like Tom Araya is not too certain if he wants to hang around anymore. He's keeping his cards very close to his pocket, and that's making Kerry King's investment stock options inside of him very, very worrisome. Yeah, he might have to start designing new guitars or getting less tats because I don't know if he can afford those. <laughs> Removal of tats. I think that costs money. But more importantly, Kerry King's not going anywhere. He loves Slayer. He reckons the last record they've done is The Bee's Knees. Um, you know, all the power to him. But, you know, Tom is still a little unsure, especially I think with the death of uh, Hanneman. It's really put a problem in that works, like with Tom's motivation for it. 
maybe he just feel really bad because he is Catholic and he's had enough of saying God hates us all. Maybe he believes that God really doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they have quite good success. So whoever's doing it, I'm uh, doing them a favor. Yeah. yeah, he goes to like church every weekend, sits in the cubicle like, I did it again, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I said I wouldn't, but I did. And he's like, you know, I, I can forgive you, but yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Come on, guy, you owe me one, man. So, you know, that's heading up the news. We've, we've uh, talking some serious now with the editorial. You know, we had a lot of problems about what we're going to be talking about with the editorial and what we're going to bring up. So we actually want to send a request to you guys. If you guys want to have your feature presented question appear on our show, head down to Facebook and uh, send us a nice little comment on our wall. All right, Danny, so let's talk the editorial. We're talking about what you need to do when starting a new band. There's a lot, Matt. I mean, the band is a very diverse mechanism with a lot of different moving parts. And oh, getting that together, it takes, uh, takes a lot of something. Absolutely. So we've got a five-step program. For Only five? Well, it's just easy. Oh, we are just on one hand. Super easy brothers, super convenient brothers. Hashtag <laughs> winning. We are doing this the easy way. So let's start. You're, you're a, a lovely man or lovely lady who sat in his room practicing the 8 to 12 hours a day of doing you know sweeps or blast beats until you have you know arthritis of an 80 year old yeah you know yeah. Uh, watching his favorite um, documentary on the internet but uh, what are you going to do now you know you're good enough to play in any band you want what do you need what do you need Danny well it's like you need first, I mean we've established you got the ability well we think you got the ability but the first thing you really want is uh, other people to play with. That's right. We're talking band members. How are you going to find these band members, Dan? It's pretty hard to just find people who, who've done the same, sacrifice all their time and energy, you know, missing out on loved ones' birthdays or funerals or, you know, all that kind of stuff. What are you going to do? Well, and it's funny because metalheads aren't the most extroverted. And I think even like going to metal shows, people mosh because they don't know how to talk to each other. So, <laughs> rrr, 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 I like rrr, you, but stop that, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I guess the first thing is uh, talking to people. I mean, go to similar places of interest. Like gigs are a great thing. The um, the dark corner of the CD stores, always a popular choice. Yeah, absolutely. Matt. Or you might just want to try on like everyone's favorite eBay. You can buy musicians today for wow. pretty cheap. Yeah, I think so. I've noticed you guys just want like a pizza or a beer. Yeah, no, 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 no. Just hit them up. You know, they're more than happy to uh, do that thing that they you need them to do in your band of choice, you know, mostly metal because brutals are better. Yes. So you've done that. You've gotten in your band. You're ready to go. But what are you going to need, Dan, to make sure this thing survives? Well, you need some sort of way to finance this idea. And you don't make finances playing music. Yeah, unfortunately uh, for you, you've ch- that person who's in a band member, we've chosen a very expensive profession. We're talking, you know, guitars and drums. That's going to cost you anywhere between, you know, two to three thousand dollars. You know, uh, loan deals. Uh, you're going to have to ask for, uh, you know, favors from loved ones or when they talk to you for a long time. How are you going to make this work, Danny? Yeah, I mean, one good way of doing it is making sure uh, you go to like, you know, cheap stores and putting all the black shirts off the, uh, you know, off the racks and then just uh, making your own stencil and getting a spray break can and making your own band shirts. That's that's one way you can financially absolutely you know pick up that fast food job as soon as you can you know that's going to work beautifully around your hours nothing like flipping burgers to help you flip those cords i reckon danny yeah that's that's something man (laughs) (laughs) so you know you've got your band you're starting to get a bit of money you know you can pour your money into the band what are you going to do with that money as well danny well i'm going to tell you you're going to have to learn how to went what to do when the band breaks up because like any perfect relationship this thing ain't gonna last 
Yeah, sure. When you get um, five guys of probably different mentalities and different abilities, you're going to have controversy. You're going to have uh, tension. Yep. So we're going to talk. So with all that money you've got from your job, after spending it on strings, after spending it on skins, you're probably going to need to spend it on therapy bills and you're going to need to spend it on lawyers and you're going to need to spend it on how to get over your severe depression that's going to cripple you into your dark world days when you're dead. Yeah, and you think it's, you think we're we you know serious here, but we all know Metallica. We all know Metallica are right, a uh, professional f- psychologist for like the whole album recording. That that is not a uh, cheap. That's right. So you get, you're dealing with the band breakup. You've seen all your your shrinks. You've seen everyone that's going to help you. So what happens next, Danny? Your band does break up. Ah, good times, good times. <laughs> yeah, so all that thing, you've, you've prepared yourself very, very well. All that money, all those dreams about being a rock star and touring the world and that, they have fallen on their face, much like your ability to choose you know, the loved ones that you were supposed to spend the rest of your life with, falls away from your grasp. Yeah, I think the important thing is why the band broke up because we didn't have a dot point of like gigging. So I think the important thing about making a band yeah. is making music. So we went straight from finances, get the band together, Band breakup. See, yeah, we might. I think we might have missed a step out here, man. No, no, no. no. Like, I'm, we're giving you the warning, guys. You're going to break up from oh, yeah. your <laughs> arguments right. of gigs. You're going to argue about your finances. You're gonna, so that's, that's what couples do. They just yeah. do it and divorce, and someone leaves with all the money and the kids. Yeah, uh, and in this case, uh, yeah, learn to li- live with your mild, mild hatred for mankind. But fifth, fifth step, Danny, what do you do? Uh, you get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> you get the new band members, oh. and the cycle repeats and itself. Cycle and repeats. You're starting to see a pattern. More yeah, you lie to yourself. Yeah, I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better musician. I'm going to be more like willing to listen to other people's ideas, even though I write all the songs. And then, yeah, yeah. and then you then you do that gig thing potentially, and then break up again. So the, the lesson here is never try. Never try. There's a couple of points. So like side notes you should consider. <laughs> One. Like Matt said before, you know, you're going to like blast beat the shit out of your ankles and you're going to like sweep pick the shit out of your wrist. Get health cover. So oh. Yeah, that's sensible. Get absolutely, absolutely. And then that way you put yourself in health insurance and then you can crash your drums and off the cliff and then, you know, you can get your insurance money back. That's true. And if you, apparently this is an old joke, but if you're a drum player, apparently if you put your drumsticks on your dashboard, <laughs> you're allowed to park in handicap zones. So uh, that's something to consider as well. I just put Super of Dan on my dashboard. <laughs> it's all right, but in, 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 in the summer, it gets a bit warm. All right, guys. So you've come here for one reason and one reason only, though. We're going to talk about a review of the week. And this week is an absolute doozy. A lot of people are talking about how great this album is, how great this band is, how they're going to be the next big thing. Everything you can think about putting on the side of a Minty's rapper, these band is definitely it. Yeah, and the name is fun to say as well. I mean, like... Normally, people, I'll always tell you who the don't band is. Don't use your racist Asian accent, then. <laughs> oh, I don't use my racist Asian accent. Normally, apparently, it's called Gojira, but if you say it like it's like a Japanese action movie, it's like, oh, Gojira, Gojira. <laughs> I told you not to use it. <laughs> oh, no, it's, I think this is like a standard way of saying Gojira. So I think like last week we had Omafaja, and that's funny. But yeah. say it like an angry Dutchman, it's like Omafaja, Omafaja. So, and this is why these bands succeed, it's because of the name. Well, that's it. So we're talking an amazing band called Gojira. You've known them. You've heard them. You've got all their albums. But is Magma, their latest release, any good, Danny? Well, that's what we're here to discuss tonight. And I'm pretty sure you guys are waiting for our 
somewhat average opinion on the CD. <laughs> opinions on everything, really. Yeah, but more opinion is the CD. Now, we do it in five stages because that's how we listen to every album, okay? Either unconsciously or very conscious. Uh, we're talking riffs, vocals, the groove factor, diversity of a record and production. So these five things for us makes up what makes up a great album or a really bad album. Yeah, because we only have five fingers, so we can only have five categories, just like there's only five things you need to know as a band. So uh, there you go. We I'll do plead the fifth. Fives. I'll plead the fifth. I'll plead the fifth. All right, guys. So let's talk about the riffs on Gojira's Magma, guitar-wise. Does yeah. it tick your box, Tony? Well, some songs, definitely. Um, yes. Track two, which is called Silvera. Yes. It's probably my favorite track. And then The Cell, also good. And Even Stranded. Those three songs are beautiful. And then they've they got solid, crunchy riffs. Uh, other songs probably have parts. Where the riffs are like the money riff, you could say, comes into it. Yeah, like for example, there's that build up for that song Pray, but when that riff kicks in, I think two minutes into it, uh, you really get that taste of what Gojira bring to a record. And that is those very crushing, uh, groovy riffs that I think, again, is the strongest part of not only all records, but in this record particularly as well, I, I find. I mean, it's nice because they just don't want to make it just purely heavy. That's their style, of course, is yeah. to make it diverse and be more impactful when they use these riffs. And that's great. I mean, they, they're using sparingly in some songs. And I think sometimes they, they could use a bit more in like Magma, for example. They only use that middle section. They have like a really crunchy riff and it goes away. It's kind of like a dream theater thing where they tease with a really cool riff and it disappears into... Nowhere. It's funny that because much unlike Dream Theater though, when they find certain riffs, they'll milk it for three to four minutes at a time. Well, almost. That's true. Yeah, like track one, the um, more, the shooting star. That's kind of like just a loop track. I'm like, oh yeah, that could be half a length. Yeah, it? I found the same thing. You know, I think what they were trying to do, not I think that's what they they did do is obviously do a bit of storytelling with this album in the sense that when you start on a track like that, it's very much like wow, it, it doesn't give you the intensity, but it sets up a story. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the whole album has that general somber feel to it. Yeah, and for guys, and I'm gonna put, I'm gonna actually show my my card straight up to you. My favorite album from them is Master Serious, and that's because every intention of that album is to write really good, strong riffs with really groovy sections and stuff like that. So when I hear some of this stuff from them, for me, I was a little bit like, wow, it's cool that they can do it. They can show their uh, musicality, but I wasn't into some of the stuff like when they do do riffs and certain things like the shooting star of Yellowstone when it goes into like that stoner rock feel and that I uh, I just end up just kind of tuning out and it's um to hear it live I think I'd be a little bit disappointed because obviously you'd be like oh well that's cool I might just go get a beer or something yeah I'm not, I'm not it's always hard for me to get really into like this album because there's a lot of somber feel to it and I've I get a bit depressed easily and I start thinking about life and all my problems. <laughs> and this is why you have escapism. <laughs> we listen right. to metal to make us feel the yeah, angrier right. it is, the more happy we are. Yeah, yeah. but then after that, I, I get pulled by a cop because I'm driving the wrong side of the road. So you gotta, you got to be careful with this type of stuff. Yeah, but there's, look, I'm saying that though, like riffs like Only Pain and the Chorus of Magma and all that kind of stuff, um, it's generally really strong. It's just mm. that when it dips off, when it, does, likes that, um, when it likes that catchy chorus feel or that groovy riff feel or something, the, when those kind of elements gone from me I just tune out of the CD and I'm just kind of like ah oh, it's just there but when I'm immersed in it the most is when they're doing something that grabs me mm. yeah, and, they, and they seem to have that same guitar pattern that like you know the song one. You, it is quite throughout the song oh, look, that, that, that may be their riff their signature riff but it's used quite a bit in um, 
yeah, the songs. Yeah, look, I think if you're a Gojira fan and you like what they're doing, how they're actually expanding their horizons, you're going to absolutely love this because everything still is, for riff-wise, it's still classic Gojira. They're just adding a bigger plethora of um, what's really, really... Uh, I guess I can't really say um, not heavy. I would say like, you know, what's more somber feel or what's more rocky or whatever. And those now, the bridges are far wider apart now. So that can help a lot of fans. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. I mean, why not? Every band wants to grow and change. You know, you can't do the same album every year. So, yeah. Yeah. And saying that, you know, that's, it might be our nitpick, but I think for, for Gojira fans, they're not going to be bothered by that one bit. For Gojira fans. Gojira. Gojira. So we're talking about the riffs, obviously. We, we do like them for the most part, right. but the vocals now are something that I think for, for me have definitely in the production way have changed a bit. But what would you say, Danny? Mm. Look, to be fair, I'm not the biggest Gojira listener. I haven't heard a lot of the albums. I've only heard a couple of songs here or there. So I can't comment on previous stuff. So, I mean, this album here, again, you, you have the diversity of the vocals. You have the melodic singing and then you have the growling. So, yeah. again, it, it's good because being this these songs which are very um progressive in nature, you have the melodic parts and heavy parts, he can bounce between his vocals and uh, reflect the music. So that, oh, yeah. that that's a strong thing for them. I get, I get a lot of... Uh, a personal um, anguish when he scream, like you can hear a lot of that. Just really, that delivery is very strong and very convincing. Like I love his scream and his growls and all that. His tough when he's going for it, even when he's singing and he's going for it, you really, really get it. Mm. Um, I've noticed in this album though, when he doesn't really go for it, they add a lot of effects. So there'll be a ton of reverb, yeah. chorus, a delayed inside of a church, inside of the universe, inside of another church. Sounds like. Yeah, no, you're right. They, they, they do use that quite a bit. And again, there's even some electronic sounds as well in one of his songs there. So I don't know if it's just for the feel or it's it's hard because he it's his melodic singing is, is very same-same. So, you know, same kind of range and same way of uh, delivering it. Apart from, I reckon, on, on the first like, shooting star, I think he has a very unique way of, even his melodic singing, he kind of uses it as kind of a percussive thing because so it keeps hitting yeah. it on the uh, yeah. So yeah. I give him credit. At least he, he was a bit diverse there. So that was quite nice. Yeah, everything really adds to a rhythmic band. You can even tell because the strongest part we'll talk about later with the drums as well. But in saying that, this is not going to detract any Gajira fans. This isn't a bad thing. This is what you're going to get. But again, it's been stretched now. So the singing, the screaming, all more production, all more elements to add for a bigger and brighter sound, which I think is accomplished in this record. Yeah, definitely. I think you're, you're on the point there, Matt, with um, using his crowd to really get the emotion part of it, and especially like some words and some of the lyrics he uh, create the songs around the vocals. It's it does it, it has a very good impact. So they're very clever. I mean, I'll give them yeah. That. The cell. I think yeah. the cell is probably the best thing I can talk about. If you get into the chorus of the cell, you really start to get an insight on what I'm saying. So definitely check out. And I guess. The way that this the album is structured is really around doing that, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Let's talk about Groove, though. So we've obviously liked the vocals, I would say, to agree. Maybe the singing, not the strongest, and they can work that area that maybe, but Groove is, is especially on the Gojira's album. Again, this is just groovy as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think against is that kind of guitar pattern they use, which always sets it up, and they're not afraid to like mix that with a bit of a heavier riff, but it, it, always, it definitely always grooves to a point yeah yeah now every element of it and that's probably got to do with how the drummer approaches it um 
Groove in this sense is what we're talking about is how it actually makes you feel. Does it make you want to dance? Does it make you want to jump around? Groovy is actually more about how you're left as a listener feeling. And for me, the drummer carries any riff across it because there's some riffs that are very simple that are repeated for very yeah. long sections. But the drummer will change it up so, so much to make it sound like a different riff. He'll move the beat off of it and back on it again. And that's what's so great about Jigo Jiro is that their ability to let other members of the band have their time to shine. And this and this album, because it's so on both ends, very, very heavy, but very, very soft. Mm. This is a good way, a good showcase for new, for definitely new people, I reckon, for, for oh, the fans. Definitely. This, this is a good transition, like bands again. Like, if you want someone who's like into like some cool melodic or hard rock stuff, but you want to transfer into a bit of a heavier stuff. Yeah, this album definitely does that because it has a range of their songs and diversity. And they, I mean, you got the groove is cool. And the uh, guitarist likes to use his bends. So that's. Oh, they uh, sound sweet. And they're yeah. all so tight. Like every bend is like done together. So there's no chance of anything going out of tune. It must have taken ages to get that right. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure, as a guitarist, mate, you could probably talk about <laughs> that. Like, me, me, as, me as like a vocalist, I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've sent wank, weeks wank. on sections, and these guys, maybe they've got it down to a T. So I would say this, and this alone would be like, if you're a new fan, this is the best album to get into because you get to get a feel of what Gojira really at. And it's the maturity of the songwriting to let everything be there. Even if it didn't work for me, I can still appreciate that they did the chance of taking a risk. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I've. Again, if you're looking for a groovy album, yeah, they've, they've definitely got groove. Groovy. Yeah. Everything's generally to that mid to slow kind of tempo. You know, apart yeah. from the start of track four, it's generally pretty, yeah. And track two, Silvera, that gets pretty much into it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, good album. No, in that yeah. sense, it's great. You know, when they're not, the thing though is when they're not given that intensity or the toughness or that hook that uh, engages you in, that it, that's where I get lost. Yeah. I mean, I think they try to replace the groove. They try to... Are replaced with feel to use another terminology feel yeah F-E-E-L. that the feels oh my feels like when yeah. it gets you right in the feels you know and i think that's how they c- help substitute less groove when they just come to the melodic section they try to use the cells way in the feel to get you um um to pay attention but again it's, it's hard uh, sometimes but when up. they're at their toughest and they're most brutalist and that gee, yeah. they are you can see why they're one of the world's best they are just so engaging like you could just be at a show and just be like my head just doesn't stop moving like how can i get it to stop no i don't want it to get it stopped yeah watch that stop watching that table tennis game <laughs> it's, it's, yeah you know like tennis you know he looks to the side tennis says i could do it you're looking up and down so you're seeing the whole concert like this yeah. like, <laughs> something like there's like oh ping pong paddles with a rubber ball ding, 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 someone's ding. underneath you like with a board of board of wood and it's like <laughs> Uh, so um yeah it's 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 cool you know big tick these grooves when they're on point they're very cool even when they're not heavy and they're grooving out it's very cool so there another element they do the diversity of the record you know what do these guys do danny that separates them from any other groove band uh um i think they're just they're, they're, they're willing to rely on the melodic parts as well not just going to like heavy or th- i guess let's say strong, I don't lack a better word, riffs. So, I mean, they use a lot and they, they actually use like nice production with like, again, these electronic sounds and a bit of um, uh, instrument, uh, industrial sounds. So they, they have a, a lot of diversity just in how they approach songs. I mean, the whole album, you have like some really heavy songs, really heavy sections. All, our, all songs are pretty much progressive. Yeah, so like, for example, like the album that earlier for them was I think, The Way of the Flesh. And you get like, they did this similar kind of thing with the varying tempos and stuff like that. But what this does stronger is how they can capture more elements that aren't heavy 
necessarily metal, you know. It's very spacey at times or very stoner, you know. And um, that might come as jarring to some listeners because it's such a big jump. Because the way the record is done is like the first song is very, very like melodic. Mm. Then it goes heavy for three tracks. Then it does this thing with melodic for a couple of tracks. And then it goes heavy again until it finishes on a... I don't know, the last track. I guess it's deep and meaningful something, but I don't uh, know. I think it's three minutes of nothing, really. Yeah, I think that one could have just been left out. But you're right, there's a bit of stoner, especially with the um, the Yellowstone instrumental, track five there. That, I actually hear Black Sabbath in that. Like old, yes. Early, like, Tony Omi, like, soloing. You hear that, and you actually hear, like, a bit of a Black Sabbath feel to that. Yeah. So you, and, there's, and there's some parts of sounding pretty much, like, in flames. and So you, you have that different... You, I mean, diversity is not a problem, of course. Again, there was some repetition with that riff they keep liking to use so you can hear a bit of that and the guitar bend so that they are like staples of their ability they keep it's, going back to it's what gives them their charm though you yeah, know those true. those melodic hooks because i know the frustrations of having a riff only appear for one second to having a riff maybe appear for three minutes i know what camp i'd rather be on i'd rather hear the one riff for three minutes yeah, I'm mean, that's true. But again, it's it's their it's their style, and that's who yeah. they're not appealing always to the people like us. So yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, look, look, diversity. They they do it well. I mean, this album's definitely growing on me. Like first yeah. first couple of listens, I was like, uh, nah, too melodic. But when you start hearing the whole album, it's it it, it starts to grow, and the, and you feel the waves and the emotions, and diversity is actually um. Yeah, I kind of find like the opposite of a chewing gum where when you get your favorite hubba bubble, you get it and you're just like, delicious. And then 30 minutes, you're like, you know, three minutes later, you're like, oh, I regret my decision almost immediately. Yeah, I normally swallow it before. <laughs> <laughs> but with Gojira, you wouldn't want to swallow it unless you're into that kind of thing. But that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, you want you want to give it a lot of listens because it's an album that you, you start to hear more layers underneath things. You start to hear more yeah. songs. The more you listen to it, you hear a different layer or another kind of thing. Even though the riff might be similar, they might approach a different idea underneath it and stuff. So they're very clever. I must admit, mm. the way the producer work with this band is very, very good. Yeah, I think that's a good way for us to go to the next uh, topic in uh, production. Absolutely. And this production, this record is absolutely phenomenal. There was that, um, he's like that rapper guy who did Happy, you know, because I'm happy. Pharrell Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams, They showed this album to Pharrell Williams and he was stumped by the production and so am I. It is the probably cleanest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I think you actually hear guys do his fly up during it. <laughs> Honestly, you can hear yourself thinking it. It is that unbelievably clean and crisp. Yeah. Not to a point where it's overproduced, where That's it right. sounds stale. It's just been mixed and mastered. And they've worked with musicians so hard to get their best performance. You know, the intensity and their um, drive still comes across in every song, you know. Even when it's played clean, you can really get the feeling that they're playing it. You know, they're really hitting those mm. strings. It's... I, I can see why even though if you don't love them you can respect why they are one of the biggest bands going around right now yeah I mean very clever again with production like the the, the song Pray it's, it's very good Um, how they they give you like an ambience to really like the stars kind of like a rainforesty feel to like a tribal feel to like an industrial mechanical sounding feel you just feel like the whole album's pretty much either the, without reading the lyrics too much or looking too much into it you already feel like there's something to do with about nature or destruction of a, of a yeah film. and I got that kind of feel too and I think that's what they wanted to do as an artist they want to give you just enough so you can play with it yourself and then whatever you get out of it you get out of it so when I listen to the album I kind of get this kind of environmental kind of feel about it but kind of the destruction of it and mm-hmm. as them trying to say look you need to wake up and 
you know, and you can fix this kind of this kind of thing, but you can hear the tearing down of these walls through the songs. So that was clever. They give you just enough and they kind of let you go with it. So again, it's all about that, that clever, all these pieces coming together to make a great album. And would you say with all those pieces, it is a great album, Danny? I would say that the more I listen to it, I had, like I said before, the more I've listened, the more it has grown on me. Great album. It's definitely worth a listen. Yeah. You know, uh, again, this is... It comes down to a bit of taste, I believe, and being a very melodic and sometimes melancholy type album, I I don't get overly um, uh, drawn to this type of uh, musical sound. But look, I I think they're very clever songwriters. Uh, They do quite well how they put the feel and the groove and the production all blend into it. Um, Yeah, no, I thought it was quite... uh, Look, I think it, it is a good album, and they're... You can see why the people like them. Cause yeah, they, absolutely. They, they what you get as a listener is a great time with it. You know, it's accessible too. I would suggest to anyone that uh, is into metal, there's a song of this album that you're gonna like, and I think that's the best compliment I can give them. Because even when they write their slower stuff to the heavy stuff, whatever, it's gonna grab you. Even though it didn't grab me per se, I can still respect the, the fact that they tried things and it's gonna work with a certain market. And in fact, that might be a clever way for them to actually get people back onto. Uh, their band, you know, they might have stoner fans or, you know, rock fans out there. They'll hear those songs and then they'll just start to get into it more. It's almost clever in that sense. Yeah, I mean, definitely, again, diversity and the fact that they're not overpowering and they have the clean vocals and they have well-produced songs that, yeah, it it is a good way. You can see how they can breach out to a lot of people and are quite successful and quite well-known. So a uh, heavy recommendation, Dan. Would this actually make your top 10 at the end of the year when we do this lovely live thing we're going to do with all the albums that we've, got, we've played over the year would this make it you think right now well I think technically we've probably reviewed 10 albums <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, would default. it make the higher part of it then <laughs> uh, at the current stage yes uh, it would yeah. currently uh, the ones we hit listen to this would be uh, higher up there yes. absolutely I don't think it has enough yet from if I want to take a Flesh God Apocalypse spoiler at that yeah. album is still getting played on my CD player this year yeah yeah CD ooh nice man support, yeah support I love I would never I, I'm going to go kicking and screaming into the 22nd century I just cannot get into this mp3 thing yet I just need to see the album so I can feel the album and touch it and caress it against my body I just yeah. that's how I listen to albums actually that's one that, um, that's that's normally people put the CD in a CD player listen to oh, albums is that what you do with it you, you, you somehow like rub it on your maybe maybe you got like hair I, on your head that actually rubs it I could feel down. the blast beats <laughs> coming through my skin <laughs> oh my god it's like an old record you just like rub like like a nail across it maybe you can hear the sound you know sound. what kids do when they're to sleep on their homework uh, over the course of a year and then that's where the information gets absorbed into them no no <laughs> Man, a, that's I'm why you failed again, that's why you failed it doesn't work it don't work I had, I had the most uncomfortable bed for five years it's ridiculous yeah right Slimo Psychopathic Botanica doesn't really help much man alright guys so you know our thoughts on Gojira Sorry, Gojira, the uh, Magma album. You know, you definitely check it out, guys. And if you're a Gojira fan and you haven't bought this album, then I don't think there is any salvation left for you. No redemption's coming for you. You're going to die a miserable and lonely death. Loved ones will hate you for it because as far as I'm concerned, it is a Gojira album and it's probably one of their strongest to date. So all I can say about that is we are going to talk about now, before we leave you, some big events that we're going to be featured on, Danny. Yeah, I'm... We, we've talked before about a very uh, nice um, interview we have, very privileged interview that we uh, yeah. did with probably, again, like the power couple of heavy metal uh, in Christian and Shannon. Connie. 
Connie, holy shit. Yeah, I think it was Sharon Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> Christian and Connie. Uh, no, we Broome. haven't interviewed the uh, the disaster train that it is Ozzy and Sharon, but we did interview Connie and Christian Broom from Army. These guys are incredibly awesome. That interview is coming up for you very, very soon, the next couple of days. Yeah, and uh, we've been, I guess, privileged enough that we will be. Uh, Hosting or emceeing, I guess the way to yeah. put it, the uh, their showcase, which is on the fourth of September, I believe at the Gov. I think I've heard. That's right. The Governor High March from twelve to four is going to be showcasing not only some of the best and brightest upcoming bands and established bands in Adelaide, but it's going to feature your favourite brothers of the super metal variety. Yeah. Namely us. <laughs> <laughs> you were hoping it was those other guys on that yeah, other podcast. That's right. On the, on the Andrew Hogue one, yeah. <laughs> you bastards, yeah. Those guys sounded really ugly, by the way. Yeah, boo them. So you come say hello to us uh, on Army. It's September the 4th. Uh, please inquire within. Go hit up uh, Army on Facebook. It's A-R-M-I. Uh, check them out. They are amazing. Helping all people, not just metalheads out, but also other guys as well. Yeah, it's not like the Kiss Army. It's, it's Army's an Australian rock yeah, metal it's Army. It's the good <laughs> Army. Where it's not, it's not like Kiss Paint, it's Corpse Paint. So I guess in that saying, guys, we're going to hit you off from there. We're actually going to have a lot more interviews coming up soon. So if you want to feature on our show, hit us a like on the old Facebook and send us a lovely reminder. Yeah, uh, keep listening, guys. Thanks for all your support lately. And uh, yeah, keep tuned because there are big things that are happening up in the next week or so, a few weeks. So good times, good times. Yeah, absolutely. Until then, I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Catch you next week for more action. <laughs> <laughs>